0: looks good there all right man i love you i love your shirt oh thanks dude man you it's guys life, do, it's good it's good you guys do such cool stuff with your brand every time i see it i'm i'm like attracted to it nice nah, thanks man i appreciate that Yeah, Yeah, look
1: at all the R on the back. Is that your house or the gym?
0: This is my studio at home. Okay. But uh, I'm going to be moving some of this um, to the gym. Did I send you a video of my gym studio?
1: No, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you sent me a picture, I think.
0: Yes. Or Um, maybe a video. There's a little clip I took of um, before I had the floors done, I think, or as they were getting done. So uh, I moved in there a little bit, uh, probably about 75% moved in. Uh, over the weekend we're building a custom table so uh-huh. yeah oh heck yeah dude that's awesome cool man
1: super cool yeah <laughs> how's how's that new gym, man like i, I saw you're about to open right before everything started
0: right it, we we got two weeks in man two weeks uh so uh we were just about to start a new schedule we had uh-huh. one week left and we were gonna start like a new schedule more yoga hot yoga and that's when we got closed down, man. <sighs> sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, this
1: thing is crazy, man.
0: Yeah, it is, man. How how have you guys been adjusting?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, for for us, it's kind of... I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's the same way at your school. Like, most of my students, they're like, you know, we're going to continue paying. You know, like, try not to um, let us go under and stuff. But, you know, it's scary, man. Like, they paid... Um, like, basically, we took half of the month from previous month, right? And that was paid, and we didn't have any classes. And then now the whole month of uh, of April, they haven't had any classes. And who knows how it's going to go. And, I mean, they're still paid. I think I have uh, – we got a new, the new membership renewal coming up. And, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm, <clears throat> we, we're kind of – as a plan, as, a, as, as an association plan, we're going with a triton fight center uh, with Pete. Uh, whatever he uh, – ultimately, he's going to be – he's the head of the association, so we just kind of follow through. Uh, we've all been talking about it and see how things are going. We have a plan, um, but, you know, it's, to this point, we don't know still.
0: Man, are you guys have uh, – do you have any projected um, reopening dates in Oklahoma whatsoever? no man it's uh <clears throat> so
1: the last time we heard it was may 1st that's that's this the i think they call it a safe at home whatever um i don't know if they're changing that or if they're not i mean just basically we're waiting for you know oklahoma is ready to reopen on phase one uh whatever trump uh president trump uh put the guidelines in there so we do have a plan. If we, if we get open in phase one, we have a plan. If we open on phase two, it will be a little bit easier. So our plan is going to be a little bit more open. And then, you know, I mean, Oklahoma is not as bad as, as other states. Tulsa is better than Oklahoma City. Uh, so I, we're kind of we waiting to see what, where we are. And then from there, we can decide. But, yeah, it's crazy. It is. Things that you never think was going to happen,
0: right? It's like I, I know, wow. man, and you you do. You don't think about these types of things, and I mean, I think that's what we can learn from it, though. Is is just business owners? Is like this is what they mean when they say plan for the worst. Yeah, <laughs> this, uh, this is crazy. Yeah, this I mean, insane. everybody thinks like I think uh, some sort of a disaster, like uh, flood or fire or something like that, is what you know, w- would befall you is a negative circumstance. But this, this is kind of um, definitely unforeseen.
1: Right, yeah. It's, I mean, and it, it's, it's well, not funny, but, like, since we – in Jiu-Jitsu, we have connections everywhere. Like, we travel a lot for competition. So, like, I, I was aware about everything that was happening because after everything that happened in China, I was – when the first couple of cases that started coming out on the news, uh, that was in December and I was in uh man, when I was I was in Portugal uh when that when the first kinda we heard the first cases uh for about to compete in the Europeans. And um even when, at that time, like it was January, it was European seniors, it was in January. Uh we were still listening about, you know, this is happening and people down there, like uh people from Japan, they were like, Man, we, we heard we're hearing bad stuff at home and it's not it's not gonna be good and so on. And the Olympics was about to happen and we're like, okay, we, we we were we knew about it. Um I remember I even posted something in um into the association page, We're like, hey, you know what? This is happening in Italy, this is happening in Japan. I talked to my friends, they close out their schools. Um what happens if we get to us? You know, and everybody makes fun of me and the on the chat be like, well, whatever dude is like even Pete may make make like a like a joke about it, we're like, well, if we if we happen, we die. Something like that. <laughs> like I mean, we never thought it was gonna be for real. Um, but anyways, it wasn't the back of a back of back of the mind. We know that it could. And many when I got when I got here, uh, in Tulsa, I believe we closed about a week before uh it was on the news, like mandatory close down. Like we we all agree it was best to close down and
0: so we kinda luckily we closed down early. We closed down a couple of days before it was announced that gyms were supposed to close in Arkansas. And I think that May, May 1 is our projected uh, phase one date in Arkansas, so we can start doing some limited classes. Um, and I think what we're probably going to do with kids is like, man, we've been having, Cora had 27 kids do a Zoom class yesterday. So... I, we That's might good. do like a mixed class or something like that. And, but we're gonna mm-hmm. get one of those forehead scanners, the temperature uh, right. thermometer, uh, and just check everybody's temp at the door, clean, you know, extensively, and just kind of follow some extra protocols. Right, so I, I believe uh, on phase one of President Trump uh, on the gym,
1: they're, they're restricting, um, still the six feet, six feet apart. Yeah. Uh, so, although if the gym is open, they, they have some restrictions. So, uh, Pete posted yesterday like the guidelines that we're going to be doing. Uh, so, is, we're going to start with conditioning, working out, uh, keeping everybody six, six feet apart. Uh, and we're going to start doing some self defense for maybe phase one or two with one partner. So, if you have a spouse or somebody that is in your same household, that will be your partner and you have to stick with it. Uh, if you don't have a partner, then we can assign one person and that's going to be your consistent partner until we get to phase three. Uh, and we're going to do uh, the working out portion and then we're going to do some self-defense portion, only one-on-one, uh, so we don't get all the all the rolling, all the fun stuff yet. Uh, I believe phase three will allow uh, rolling, uh, but it will allow it uh, with the cleaning afterwards. So we have to like immediately, maybe we have like a 30-minute, 40-minute class and then we have to clean up, uh, get disinfect everything and then go back to the next class
0: so yeah do you guys do do a lot of striking omar we at my school we don't
1: uh that's one of the things that i i do one self defense class uh a month every two months it's not it's not very often now and then i see the guys like tired like physically tired like so i'm like okay we're gonna do some self defense stuff where it's not we don't get as tired but we don't do like like stand like like Muay Thai or kickboxing and all that, we're focused on the percentage
0: of Yeah, that's that's like been, uh, that's a route that we'll be able to take with kind of all age demographics on like the martial mm-hmm. arts side of what we do, uh, mm-hmm. and then yoga and fitness kickboxing, we can adhere right. to a lot of those um, distancing standards um, mm-hmm. and just kind of like during kind of the first couple of phases is do a real striking heavy and fitness heavy approach.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of where we're going to, uh, we just call it self defense instead of like Muay Thai or boxing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been doing, um, everybody's been posting awesome workouts Uh, and I've lifted some great shadow boxing workouts from people I follow.
1: Uh, yeah, man. I mean, everybody got, um, creative like I, I seen a lot of creative stuff we we do have uh we teach just like you like zoom classes but we do it from the house we set up some mats in the living room and like i mean we could have go to the gym and get it done there but you know i don't want everybody to like miss it so much and like we're on the same boat you know so if you're at your house with no partner sometimes i i get my dummy out mary takes take a break and i'll teach front of the dummy you know we're on the same situation kind of
0: yeah. Did you see, what was it, um, uh, Boogie Martinez? Crazy. That stuff is crazy, man. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and I, I filmed a video at the gym this morning with one of our other right. assistant instructors, uh, just like a solo stability ball workout. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, that's essentially what that guy was doing when he got that ticket.
1: Right. Well, you know, you, you have to also take in consideration the, like, the difference. Like, we're on we're states stage where, like, were not as bad, and uh, maybe nothing happened over there, but, you know, there is, there's little groups, you know, like, that group was a group of four, uh, maybe, like, two blocks on the road, there's another group of four, and so on, and so on, it just keeps spreading, um, yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought it was insane, when I heard he had, he got a ticket, like, they actually, they were in civilian clothes, and a band waiting outside for him, uh, so, they were yeah, just waiting for him, wild. so, on. someone snitched, and I I I believe California if you snitch you get like a thousand bucks or something like they pay you for snitching.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. You no, know, I had um my friend Jack Toffer, he's uh he's in LA. Uh uh-huh. and uh he was on the podcast the other day, last week or something. And he didn't seem like, I mean, just talk because I was joking around with him at the beginning of the podcast about, um, I'm like, man, I I heard you get fined if you don't wear a mask and stuff around there. And he's like, man, I'm literally living almost life as normal. I mean, I take precautions. I stay like my distance away from people. But he said he hadn't seen anything crazy. And it's not like a total lockdown um and like i've been like i'd been hearing and i was like oh okay well cool i'm doing another guy's uh gonna be on the podcast from la so i'm gonna kind of like touch base and see where they're at now right right well
1: you know i a lot of my students they're like nurses doctors and stuff like that so i'm always like contacting them so in tulsa uh there is one of the main hospitals and um they they had one patient on saturday and that was it and they haven't had a patient since then. Uh, they, they didn't even know. He was, I think they called it the hole, like, where they COVID-19 possible patients, and that was the only one person. So maybe Tulsa is doing all right, but there's so much going on, man. Like, I, at the beginning, I was one of those guys that, like, stay home, stay home, you know? Like, I didn't let Mary Angel get out of the house for, like, a week. Like, we were, like, completely, strictly stay home, and then slowly we are kind of, like, going out a little bit more and kind of getting out there. Uh, but now I'm seeing an effect, uh, in the economy is, is like, I'm, I'm seeing the, the numbers, right? Like I, I see like the petroleum thing that, that happened to, uh, yesterday, uh, oil drop and when it start doing some research. It has to do a lot of it, Uh, it has to do with a lot in Oklahoma. Uh, apparently there is, uh, the storage, like they, they're full and, uh, it's costing people that making, uh, the drilling oil out it's costing them like 40 bucks a barrel. So we're actually going negative at that. Uh, I heard that. So it it could. I mean, all these people they had big companies of so petroleum companies in here. Uh, they have what ten thousand employees. Those companies, and because of that, they might have to let some people go, and they maybe uh, the people that stay. They're gonna have to like cut down the salaries. Like it is, it is gonna get crazy. I think housing is gonna oh, like that happened a few years ago, maybe like ten years ago, where the housing uh, went crazy. I think that's that's about to happen. So, thinking now about risk and reward towards the thing, I, I, man, it might be a better option to like let the people that is uh, vulnerable to like you know those people have to work from home, uh, maybe find a different way out. I, I don't know. This this thing is it can be very very bad. It's getting worse. And no, not so much of the coronavirus. Coronavirus is real, it's deadly, but I think we're setting up other stuff that is gonna be even worse if we keep going this way.
0: It is, the the virus has created uh, a lot of ripples in a lot of right. different, like, I mean, so I teach college and in higher education, there is so much speculation right now about the future. Uh, is higher ed gonna need a bailout? Because like I teach at a community college and like we do well, but everybody is concerned about funding, um, right? due to some of the economic ripple uh that's taking place i mean it's 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 just a, a lot of unknowns right oh yeah it's, it's crazy that's i was talking to Marianne
1: just a second ago about this like um in the media if you go like say facebook um there's gonna be nothing is happening we should go back to the thing Ten thousand dead people coming out so like you don't know what to believe where to like you don't know what's real what's not real hospitals are full, and then you see the other ones with empty beds so it's it's just Speculation is crazy and we don't really know where we at. Yeah, it is it is insane.
0: Yeah. You know, I think I saw um, you know, uh, Dale Cook, Apollo uh-huh. Cook. He right. shared something um yesterday or today. I can't remember that, but it said that Oklahoma didn't have any pa- any positives for like two days. Was that is that true? Right, right. Yeah, that's what my, my student was telling me. I mean, they don't they had one possible patient.
1: They wasn't even confirmed it was uh COVID. Uh, They just had it there on the, on the hall, the COVID hall, just waiting for, for results, but they, we didn't have any, in Tulsa, at least.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Just having two days, That I mean, because that was, like, he, his was a bar graph, and it, it showed, like, projected, and it had projected numbers, real numbers, and then it just showed it flattening out, Uh Uh, which, you know, hopefully, that's what we experienced, a lot of people really worried about like a second wave coming. Um, what do you think oh,
1: okay. about that? Man, I, I <clears throat> okay, one, one of my things is traveling, okay? I'm, I'm going to change the subject for one second. Um, and since I couldn't travel, I've been doing a lot of uh, go to Snapchat and like go look into like what China is doing and like the post, like what people is actually like updating. Uh, apparently there is some kind of new virus or something like that. Uh, had a virus or something i can't remember the name but they're looking apparently like somebody died from it and everybody's freaking out because there is one one new different case but i mean i don't know if it's real or not but that's what somebody posted on uh on one of the snapshots down there so like people that live in in china uh they're worrying about something that's coming out new and uh we don't know if it's real or not but apparently there's maybe a mutation of it i don't i mean we don't it's just a speculation i guess but I saw it and I was like, oh shit. More coming, I guess, or different ways.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure them being ground zero, there's a lot of um, paranoia and fear and speculation and hysteria. I'm sure tensions are running oh, yeah. very high. Um yeah. so you're originally from Venezuela, right? Is that correct? Right. That's 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 where I was born, yeah. Have you been so- following how South American countries have been hit?
1: <clears throat> Some. Um, I know that like I have most of my family migrated from Venezuela. I only have a few couple cousins living still there. Uh, everybody is in uh, either here in the U.S. or in Colombia. Um, so in Colombia, they are uh, they're at home. Basically, same thing. Down down South America is a little bit different how like people do stuff, uh, but the police is very. Like, if they see you out and you're not supposed to be in after hours, like, they'll plank you with a, with a, with a piece of wood. Like, they actually, like, hit you and, like, make you run. Uh, I saw a couple of friends uh, from Ecuador saying that, like, there were people, they were dead and, like, they were was waiting at home. Mostly on the poor side. Like, uh, I posted a video of, uh, I think it was in Quito in Ecuador, where, like, I saw they have. You, I you saw it. that one? Yeah, so, like, there is a full family. Uh, waiting outside because grandma has passed away inside the house and they have called the government or somebody to come pick up the body and they have because they were full at the time Uh, and they try to get the body out to the streets and the whole neighborhood was against it so they have not they had to send the body back inside so all the family did not get see it had to be waiting outside it was like crazy some crazy stuff and um, you see people like be burned like the bodies burned burn outside on the streets because they don't nobody has to go pick him up so some places in south america are bad um in venezuela I haven't heard anything bad yet uh to tell you the truth uh the issue in venezuela is uh they we don't have um we have two presidents okay that's to start from there so we have a dictatorship and we have a president They's trying to take over the other one uh one of the presidents is in good in, in good terms with the u.s so U.S. will help him. Uh, we will send him help if we need. Uh, the other president is like, we don't need anything from the United States, completely U.S. opposite. So anything they try to go in, they'll either burn out or steal it or, you know, like, so it's extreme confusion. Now, Venezuela has been limiting themselves for a long time. Okay. Uh, this toilet paper thing, it happened in Venezuela many, many years ago where, like, people basically took over the, the the supermarkets. They stole everything. They were short of toilet paper. So a lot of this stuff that we're seeing here is being a daily occurrence in Venezuela. It's not it's not new. So I think on that aspect, they're more prepared than us uh, because they've been living with that. Um, but, and they don't have, they also like, they, they're they really short on money down there. So I guess they kind of used to, but I mean, there's definitely people suffering, especially the poor, the poor style towns there definitely suffering
0: yeah man um so when did you when and where did you grow up and when did you move to oklahoma so uh we got here um i'm
1: we not saying we my mom and i so my mom and i moved down to the u.s in 2001 um my mom uh were having these letter conversations at the time i don't know if the internet was or maybe she was not too much on the internet side, but they had the Cosmopolitan uh, magazine thing. And they, they had a, like, basically like a, I consider a dating site now somewhat. Uh, so my mom started t- sending letters to this, uh, guy here in Tulsa. And, uh, the guy told my mom, you know, Hey, come visit me. Let's, let's actually meet up and stuff. So we came down to visit, uh, and they, they heated up and they started. So we, we moved down to the US in 2001. Um, I hated it. I am from the, I was from the, from the capital in Venezuela. So it's, although it's like a poor, well, it's not poor. Venezuela is actually very rich at the time was kind of having struggles with the whole pressing stuff. Um, but when I got here, man, this cultural difference was insane. Like in Tulsa, there is not, uh, unless you're in downtown, there is no sideway walks where you can walk around. Uh, I was used to like getting in the train and walking everywhere. Uh, thousands of people walking on the street kind of like New York that's how Venezuela or where I'm from is uh and I got to Tulsa where like if you want to go from A to B you have to have a car there's there's no way um so when I got here I hated it so I bitched so much about it that we ended up moving to Atlanta and I, when I got to Atlanta I, it was same uh I spent all my time working and I never had any free time I never met up with anybody so we decided to come back to us. Omar, please go over there. Sorry, my son is. Hey, what did I just ask you? Okay, go. Hey, come here. Come here for a second. Say hi. Tomorrow is his birthday. Hey, tomorrow's your birthday. Yeah, he cannot hear. I I I got uh, ears. They okay, say, okay. Say, say happy birthday, say happy birthday, and go back to happy your room.
0: Birthday. All
1: right, you. all right. Thank bye. You. See ya <laughs> go to your room. Sorry for interrupting, man, but he hey. does it on purpose. Like, he's, he sees that you're busy. He's, like, intentionally wants attention. So, he's, like, I'm going to make noise so you can, you can hear me out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways, man. So, yeah, uh, 2001 was the day. I actually was practicing jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu in Venezuela uh, really? when we moved to the U.S. Yeah. Um, I used to be under an alliance school under Francisco Salvador. I don't know if you heard of him. Um, but, he basically, he was the main guy that um, brought jiu-jitsu to Venezuela. He was – Uh, he was a commentator for the UFC down there. So I saw, I saw a UFC show. The first, I think it was a UFC one. And at the end of the fight, I was like, oh crap. And then the guy was like, well, you know, if you want to learn jujitsu, I have my school here and here. And I was like, oh, the next day I just went and joined, um, stayed there for like six months. And then my mom, uh, that's when the whole moving portion happened. So I got to the U S uh, there was only a post karate and they taught karate, uh, there was no other schools in town at the time that I could find, so I didn't train from 2001 till 2005 when I actually found Pete.
0: How did you end up um linking up with Pete? MySpace. <clears throat> nice.
1: Yeah, a friend, a friend, a friend of mine. Uh, he uh posted a picture of him with a broken nose, like all bleeding stuff. Like, oh, good training today. And i was like i started looking into the thing instead like going one by one putting the link together and I i find try to find center and say um i think at the time pete was teaching he had his own system of uh, nogi kind of his like different shirt colors and he had a jiu-jitsu class it was taught by a brazilian guy that he brought from brazil or it, maybe the guy brought come here from brazil for work and then he linked up with pink so as as a side job he he would teach you jitsu classes, so that was my first uh, first black belt. That guy promoted me to blue belt and purple belt when I was there, uh, and he was under Renato Tavares. That's how. But well, his professor uh, was in Brazil, and his professor was under Renato, so that's how the link came in. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. Like it's it's fun for me to like now with time pass. Um, I actually witnessed like the whole getting linked up with with Renato and like I, I I saw everything happening you know I saw Professor Pete getting getting to his black belts, his junior ranks like all that all the stuff is like things that my my guys they won't they won't understand like I remember seeing a purple bell on the mats I was like we have a purple bell that's crazy yeah it's, it was fun although we had a black belt though
0: I, I I remember very similar times for many years in Arkansas, like Caleb Plank, who's a first degree now, when he owned a school, he was a blue belt and he was the only blue belt I knew. Like <laughs> it was like, it was like, Whoa, a blue belt. And there were, there were five black belts in the whole state at that time. This would have been like 2006, but I know, I mean, um, I have, uh, High esteem and regard for Pete, and know that, like in in your area, he is. Uh, yeah, he's, grown he's uh, one of the
1: funding members of Jiu in town. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're they're all guys, uh, but he's one of the main ones for sure. I mean, no doubt.
0: Yeah, for sure, and such a nice guy too. Any any interaction I've ever had with him um, has been super positive. So. Oh yeah, he's. He's uh,
1: what <clears throat> one of the things that Professor Pete has is like, he he grows with time. Like he's not, although he's like head of the association, he's never got stuck up to like, oh, I'm the I'm the one, you know. Like he's continuously growing. His personality. If you if you met it back in the day, and you met and you talk to him now, they're completely two different persons. Like his growth is insane. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, I look I look for I look I look forward a lot to that. Like you're seeing somebody. Uh, change for positive man is crazy you know it's like it takes a lot of of you to grow uh, that's really cool well,
0: and man that's what you want you want like a learning growing mindset of right never having figured it out you know like i always get like when people are just so close-minded to a different way of thinking about anything you know right or uh, but particularly you do see that in jiu-jitsu a lot i feel like whether it's a, a certain type of submission or a certain gi and no gi like you've seen so many debates i'm sure since you've been involved it's i have over the years right um, but uh, ultimately i'm just like hey man i'll embrace it if it if if it helps me learn and get better i'm all about
1: it right right give it a try and see see what see what's up see what yeah. happens
0: yeah, yeah
1: get the chance and
0: man i remember like um Probably, I mean, I don't know if we had met much before that, but when you had uh, Jorge uh, valderas like, coming. Yeah. that time, I was like, man, I really haven't been doing a lot of leg blocks. I should go right. to Mars for the seminar, you know. But that was a <clears> nice you know, sort of... Le- le- learning from Jorge was, was, uh, was
1: interesting, right? Because, like, I, at the time, I mean, we, we didn't know. Uh, about, like, I mean, I, we know what a heel hook was. We know what a straight clock to a whole like, knee bars. We never had it uh, put out, like, kind of systematically. Where, like, you go, like, Ashikarami position. We didn't know what that was. Although they, uh, he wasn't able to say, oh, you know what, this is Ashikarami because it was kind of a trademark of friends of Gracie. Like, so he called it, like, inside, inside out. Or, like, he, he had his own kind of thing that was working for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's... Not nowadays go like looking back at those times it's like man we, we were like clueless like I I was completely clueless and now it's like everything is like systematic like you know you get to this position and then from this position you can switch to here 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 but you have to have these double controls so like a lot of things that we 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 thought about the the leg locks as I let me grab your foot and crank it out and maybe I can get a, a submission out of it now it's more like the submission is kind of the last thing you're like all, all about like controlling the hips, controlling the knee, make sure you have double controls. Like everything is like systematic, you know, it's, we big, big grow on, the, on that portion of that. Yeah, Jorge was cool, man. He kicked my ass so bad too.
0: <laughs> man, um, I've kept up with him just a little bit over the last uh, few months. And um, mm-hmm. he appears to be doing extremely well. I'm going to um, – Clay Mayfield, uh, he was going to do this time. Uh, but uh-huh. he's scheduled till tomorrow at three. So okay. they're on the same team. Oh really? Yeah, oh, they're nice. both on uh pedigo submission fighting. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm gonna talk with Clay um and ask him if he's trained with him and what, what that's uh-huh. like rolling with him because I assume that they get rolled uh with each other at camps and stuff when they have uh-huh. association stuff.
1: Well I think he's crazy. I think he's still a bluebill or a purple bill. I don't think he's he might, uh, he might be up, but I think he's, I think still he's around purple. there.
0: I think he's a purple? purple.
1: Yeah. Okay. I know he like close out on his Facebook. So like that, if that's how I keep contact with people it's just Facebook. I, I have a, uh, Instagram, but I don't even look. At, I mean, I have it there. I used to have it, but I don't check that. Same. <clears throat> Man, I, I, did, I, I believe I did something cool uh, on the early days. Like when you came in, I, uh, I tried to get a hold of the people that I thought was going to be the, the big names coming up uh, before they were big. Uh, and I invited them in and was like, man, you know, like, I see you at the lower levels, like, killing it, like, I, I want to bring you in. So we, we got lucky enough to, like, we got, uh, Jorge was one of them. Uh, we had Gianni, we had Mike Musineshi, Roberto Jimenez, uh, like, all those guys, like, they came into the school. And, like, I think Roberto, he, he came in, he was just a blue bill, or just started, just got his blue belt or something like that, maybe even a green belt uh same for uh for mike i think I, I was i was begging him to come down since he was like a purple or brown bell uh, but his, his school always got in the middle of the of getting him here and when i got him he was a black belt already but he was before he will he won world championships and all that stuff so it, it was cool for my students They met him met those guys and like at those times they were not that famous and now they completely blow down like blow up uh so like they, they they feel like they they made these guys you know so it's pretty cool
0: yeah, man. Um, how long have you been? Um, how long have you been training and coaching now? Like, what? What was kind of the evolution so, from when you opened and stuff?
1: Oh man, it's it's a it's a personal growth, It's crazy. So, I or like you know, I'm originally from Triton Fight Center. That's where I I learned everything from. I went from white belt to black belt uh, at Triton. Uh, when I was a brown belt, I had an opportunity to open up a school. Uh, some guy had a, a working out gym. And uh, a lifetime gym opened up like a mile away from him, so he lost basically all his students. Uh, he couldn't pay uh, he couldn't pay his monthly fees anymore. So the landlord was a friend of mine, and he called me up like, "Hey, you know I have this guy that has a gym. Uh, you want to take over the gym because he's not be able to pay my rent anymore?" And I was like, "Well, I don't I don't do workout, but I, I can open up a jiu jitsu school maybe." So we kind of find a deal. I think I pay like three or four hundred bucks uh, rent. Uh, for the first year so he allowed me to start from like I think my savings account at the time I was like maybe a thousand bucks I mean I didn't have no money zero money um, and uh I went I opened up he left some stuff in there whatever he, he left I sold and with what he sold I bought the other stuff like I didn't have mats my first mats were uh two layers of uh carpet foam uh one layer of muscle uh puzzle mats and then a tarp on top that was my first mats. Uh, and I got him for like 200 bucks. Somebody had a judo school uh, at his house. He, uh, he had the soft floor, the carpet padding and all that stuff. And he's like, he was moving to a new house and he didn't have that garage anymore. So he's like, yeah, dude, you just give me 200 bucks and it's yours. And that's how I opened up my school. That was in 2013. Um, it was a complete accident. I wasn't planning on opening up. Uh, it, I, actually, I remember the, the day that the guy called me to sign the contract uh Mary Angel woke me up that morning with a pregnancy test hey you know what we're pregnant so baby O and the gym are like brothers you know that's, same age wow
0: that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's fun and uh, as a growing man as a <clears throat> when I got my my guys everybody was a white belt you know and I was a brown belt um I remember at that time I was starting to get on the on the loose side of uh, of the brown belt so, like I went from purple belt to brown belt, winning some tournaments. I was I was doing all right, decent, uh, man. When I got to the brown belt, I struggled. That brown belt would kick my butt so badly. So I was, and, and then I had, I had my own school and I was training with white belts and my jujitsu kind of like went down. And uh, I was like, little by little, just by teaching the techniques that I was like, basically I used them as like my my dummies to, to roll with, right? like. I taught him my best stuff so they know how to defend it. Like, I remember my guys like Nick, uh, Nick, Hannah, and Corbin, they were like the, the main the main guys. I remember teaching them uh, trucking and burying bottles uh, at the first year at White, but like they probably didn't know how to do a Kimura, but they know how to do a burying bottle. Just because I need that, I, I need them to do that to me so I can like counter it and all that stuff. So like, yeah, I kind of forced myself into like growing that now. My grow, my personal grow in jujitsu. Oh, dude, exploded! Yeah, it went, like I seriously grow my jujitsu so much just because I had to like push myself to do it. Yeah,
0: and hey, that's awesome. When did you get promoted to black belt? What year?
1: Uh, it was uh, December of 2014. I want to say the 14th of December. So, if uh, a December this December will be uh, it will be six years. Wow. So. Possibly, possibly, I mean, possible I might get my second degree uh, this year.
0: Nice, man. Very nice. Yeah. Have you always competed uh, throughout all belt levels or when did you start yes. getting Well, you know, I,
1: <clears throat> Jiu Jitsu is funny. Jiu Jitsu humbles you, man. Um, I, my first tournament was an in house tournament that Pete did uh, a Triton a White Belt. Uh, that was my first, first tournament. After that, I was like, oh, I need to compete more. So we started looking up, uh, and I'm sure you remember these times, it's like the only tournaments there were, they were like Nagas and they were like uh, in, in Dallas. So I competed a, a lot of like travel a lot of to Dallas to compete on my white, blue, and meat purples um, I used to go to Dallas to do like the Winter Wars. Uh, that they, I believe that's the one that Machados used to do. Um, Nagas and... Uh, I Europa yeah yeah those yeah. yeah yeah those
0: europas
1: yeah grapplers I, did, quest. I, I i never did a grapplers quest like i was i was supposed to go to vegas for one and uh, i can't remember what happened but i ended up not going to to grapplers quest but yeah all those tournaments uh that's where like what i what i used to go and uh when i got my purple belt, uh p started competing at a BJJF and I normally at those smaller tournaments I was doing a ride right. I was always like placing either first second or third you know I was always placing um so we were like well i let's go let's do it we started doing them um and I got a reality check when I started stepping into the IBJJF match man I don't know if it's the rule setting I don't know if it's the the atmosphere how strict they are like I don't know why but like man I started IBJJF and I started getting my butt with like started and, that, I mean, obviously that pushes you to, like, train smarter, train, train better. But, yeah, I've been, I've been always competing. But at IBHF, I started competing uh, in, in my Purple bills.
0: Nice, yeah. Uh, and you've competed everywhere. Like, how many different countries have you competed in? Do you know?
1: Countries I competed in France, Spain, Portugal, Japan, uh i think that's it yeah i think that's it nice
0: Very yeah nice. but i
1: i uh that that was my thing like i i i hate not being able to like do do well and uh for the longest time and I, I i didn't do good like i lost a lot and so the more that i lost like, the more that i wanted to compete so i remember there was a year that like I probably competed like 13 or 14 times. So like even within the same month, I probably competed once or twice uh, in different places. You know, I, I try to stick with the IBHF. Uh I find it the most, I, I think that's where I struggled the most. So I try to go out a lot of those. Um, I remember when I won my, when I got my black belt, um, that was one of my first things. I was like, I had to compete. Uh, I, I think my first match at black belt, uh, the guy that I competed against, uh, he he was in a third degree. So he has been a black belt for nine years at least. And I had, I had my black belt right at 10. So that guy has been a black belt longer than I, that I was uh, in jitsu. So yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was a reality check too.
0: Yeah. And are you, are you in the master's division? Yeah. Now, now I am. Yeah. Now, now I normally compete in master two. Okay. When, uh, when did you move up?
1: Uh, basically after my black belt like I did I did three years of uh, adult black belt and then they started doing the uh, the point system and once the point system came in I never was able to get my 50 points at the adult mm-hmm. I think the max that I got was like 40 and I went to one of the tournaments and I got out first round and that was it like I was like I kind of figured my age my motivation my training style wasn't wasn't a high level anymore. Like these new kids coming out, man, they're insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you see a lot more uh, depth in like Master Two. Like, where you're going to be in there with <clears throat> third degree black belts and higher. Yeah.
1: The the thing that happens at the Master division is like you're going to go with, and I'm going to give you an example with Renato, since he's my association. So you you have Renato Tavares from Renato Tavares Association, and you get like you get the head of the associations, right? uh and it's very intimidating you go there and it's like oh crap you know like i have guys that did extremely good at the adult levels when they were on the adult and now they're as good at master probably even better uh but there is a difference um on the on the smaller on the adult side uh there is a little bit of a spas with good technique uh on the master division there is not that much of a spas's it's a slower slower kind of jiu-jitsu. um and I got used to it. So like, I, I think that's, that's the biggest difference. Like when you go into a master, a master tournament is, is, a, is extremely technical, but not so much of movement. Like there is not a lot of like crazy move. So it's just like very dominant matches. Yeah. It's cool though. I mean, it's, 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 a good, it's good learning. And everybody's do
0: you, friendly. Do you have any idea how many total tournaments you've done? Have you like kept count or anything? Oh, no idea, man.
1: Um, I could easily say no less than 10 a year. I, and I'm talking about a strictly IBJJF. Like uh, like I do when they come to town or like the closest town, I do AGF. Like I support a tournament like crazy. I think they're they're the next big team, uh, the AGFs. So like every time there is an AGF, uh, they allow black girls to compete for free. And if there is somebody uh, with a 20-pound difference, I'll jump in, you know, like uh, just give give another black belt a roll, or they can give me a roll. Um, but not I definitely more than ten a year, or ten is the minimum.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah I had uh, Carlino was on the podcast yesterday.
1: Uh uh-huh. What do you what do you say, man? He's a cool dude. He's smart, we, dude.
0: Man, he, we did. We had a great talk. Um, we just kind of talked about uh, early AGF and kind of the history and growth and. And like his approach to the business, you know, like, like his sort of mindset behind some of the things that, that is his flair, that is like what he brings to the table with uh, customer service. And that's, yeah.
1: Uh, that's, that's what I was about to say. I think that's, he's, he's, he's attacking the right side of, of, of the tournament, right? So, like, IBJJF, if you have an issue, uh, you're limited to talking to a computer. Because uh, you send you send an email and you might get an response response, um, and that's that's what you get. Uh, AGF on the other side, man, they're like so approachable. Like, I have like the minimal stupid issue, and I'll just send a text to Carlino, and he like he'll respond, man. Like, he's he's in a, he, not only with me because I'm Omar and Black Belt and all. Like, he'll he'll respond to everybody, and like everybody has still that that approach. So I think on that aspect, it's absolutely that. I mean. I done a couple other tournaments, and I think AGF is at, at the very top, and I think it's gonna go even better after we come back.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. That's um, you know, and he's working on a lot of really cool stuff uh, during this the little downturn that is ultimately going to make I think things better because it'll just be less stuff. Like he'll be able to do more customer service because he's sending. Um, you know, he is going to be sending fewer emails. I think like he's going to have things like mapped out to where you can kind of have everything lined out before you contact him. I deal with this with college students. They'll hit me up and be like, Hey, I have a problem with the week seven discussion board. And I'm like, (laughs) Well, wait, what? (laughs) What class you in? I teach six, you know, and it's like 150 students total. and, And they'll be like, well, I'm in U.S. history, and I'm like, I got three sections of that, <laughs> you <laughs> know. Won. So, but, yeah, I mean, just that back and forth of, like, think about a white belt registering right. for a tournament. You haven't even really been talking involved with him very much yet. And then he has to go six emails deep, deep with him just to figure out what's right. up, you know. yeah. But, yeah that's the sort of stuff i think that he's going to be refining to where it's like a like seemed like it would be something you fill out ahead of time let him okay. know all that stuff so it's one of sort
1: out where it goes yeah that's good man I, he's a smart dude man like i i have conversations about other stuff not related to jiu and he's a smart dude he knows how he knows how to do his stuff
0: yeah
1: and then you get brandon quick which is also a smart dude on different areas like they're they're opposite but they complement each other man it's crazy yeah
0: yeah, I want to have Brandon on and talk with him just so I can get the other piece of the puzzle. Yeah,
1: it's I I love how they like, they're completely like they're they're each each end right, and like then you come in the middle and then like you get both sides. Yeah, it's it's, it's a cool one.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> well, man, outside of competing. Um, kind of all over um you know I, I know that you've been all over the u.s uh, competed here and there and you've competed in different countries but you like travel a lot too man um wh- where are some of the places you've been
1: man so my uh my thing is and, and everything goes back to jujitsu right like although it's not jujitsu related my way of view things are jujitsu style um i uh Every year, uh, I do a end of the year resolution thing, like what I want to get for next year, right? So, uh, and I do it on my phone, on the yellow pad on the iPhone, and I just write down like a couple things that I want to do. And um, one of those things, for a long time, it was like go out of the country, go out of the country, right? And I keep postponing because there's something more important ahead uh, ahead of that. So I was like, you know what? For next, and that was in 2018. For 2018, my resolution for 2019 is to hit 20 cities like I didn't want to call them countries because it was it was a lot you know like a lot of money involved in there uh, but I, I was I'm going to go to 20 cities and just freaking like no other plan and all other resolution is just go and travel to 20 cities and when I say me I'm talking about me my wife and baby Omar right so Mary angela and I like we are one person so <clears throat> how can I achieve going uh everywhere that I want to go with my family you know it's 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 a lot of money involved in there and like time that I had to take from from my job so I uh I started applying for airlines I started like applying 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 and I finally I got hired by American Airlines so um, American Airlines do a cool thing where like you can be a part-time uh and get flying benefits so you're allowed to travel everywhere so uh, I got the job, I told Mary Angel, Well, you know what, get ready. We we this year is like I serious. I did that in I I got hired the end of December. So like my first day of the job was December thirty first. That's my first day at the job. Uh, and the second that I got out of uh training camp uh with American, uh, I, I was in Dallas taking my training, I sent Mary Angel to New York and BBO and I just met him in New York for uh for New Year's. Nice. Yeah. So we went uh, after that. We have so after that, the plan was going somewhere every weekend. Okay, so we, we will travel Friday and then be back on Sunday. And then I started extending it like when it's an international trip, we'll leave on Thursday or Wednesday night, and then we have to be back on, on Sundays to teach Monday classes. So it's like <clears throat> sometimes we're in Japan two days, so it takes a full day to go down there. Then we go to Japan and stay for a day and a half and then we have to take another one full day, come back. Um <clears throat> being a, an employee for a, for an airline, uh when it's international, you pay only the taxes. Uh and that depends on different countries. So like for me to go from here to Japan, I believe it cost me forty five bucks per person. Wow. That's it. Yeah. So it's and I don't pay anything on the way from US to uh, to Japan. I pay from Japan exiting it out to the US. So it's that's the only tax. And uh, nationally, I fly for free, so I can basically go go everywhere. Uh, the downside to this is uh, you cannot plan it. So you basically taking in a, a free seat. Uh, so sometimes we we have the plan to go somewhere and we get to the airport and that flight gets full and we cannot go out there anymore. So. Uh, example we were supposed to go to uh egypt we wanted to go see the pyramids like let's go wow let's go see let's go to egypt so we got to dallas and the flight that we the flight before to egypt we got canceled something happened so all the people moved into my flight and all the flights were taken yeah. so we're at the airport we're like okay now what so where is in the middle east that we can go dubai was open so let's go to dubai so we got a flight. We we got the next open seat and just went to dubai yeah, so it's, we don't we don't get to choose where we go. Uh, I had a bad experience in planning things. Uh, we were supposed to teach a seminar in uh, in Mexico to uh, my friend's Tito School, uh, and for whatever reason that weekend it was a busy weekend to go to Mexico, and I couldn't like man I tried different cities, tried to, like handle it around. I couldn't get it out. I couldn't make it to Mexico in that time, so we had to skip. So we don't we don't get to plan. We we get options. So we say okay, we're going to Europe. So we have option one. That's where we want to go. And we contact. Uh, <clears throat> that's another thing. We we prefer to go on the cheap side. Meaning like we're not trying to spend too much money on, on hotels. Too much money. If we have a friend there, we try to couch surf. Okay. So uh, everywhere that I go, I either know somebody or got a really good deal on hotels and stuff. So we can save us some money. Um, so yeah, I call my friends. Be like, hey, you know what? I might go to paris this weekend and i get to dallas because that's our hub and then once we get there like i'm texting away it's not gonna happen we're going to option number two so it's, it's 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 been fun so uh to come back we went to uh in one year we went to portugal japan two times paris once madrid three times lisbon uh frankfurt germany uh dubai Ireland, um, Colombia, we went to Medellin, where else? Um yeah, Paris, I said it. And and, and even within so we get let's say an example, Madrid. Uh, we get to Madrid and there is there is a town within an hour away. We'll take a take a taxi or get a car and just go to the other town so we can say we visit it. Did
0: so, you Yeah.
1: Make- I- <clears throat> Oh yeah we, we did we hit twenty cities uh before the end of the year, yeah, we basically were doing one trip a week yeah it's crazy man wow <clears throat> yeah it was it was the right thing to do.
0: yeah so man, that's,
1: that's <clears throat> super cool so the reason why like my like we, we talk about I was supposed to be on on, on the podcast here in the morning, and my my schedule is all screwed up, so my regular day, I wake up around. 11-ish on a on a regular days right when i'm not when i'm not uh when not, not right now with the whole coronavirus like on my regular days so i would go around 11 go teach my noon classes come back take another nap go take my night classes and right after i finish my class i have to go run to work and i work from uh 8 to 4 in the morning depending on the day so sometimes it's less sometimes it's more but it's an overnight work now that I'm on the COVID 19, I'm still having that schedule. So sometimes I wake up at two. So I'll be awake at four in the morning and mm-hmm. I'll be sleeping at noon. So yeah, that's, that's where my whole schedule is all.
0: Man, screw up. Keeping your. That, <clears throat> it's been weird for me too. I've been getting up early, been exercising. Um, I'm teaching all, five college classes, but it's all online. So I do it from right here, right where I'm sitting. Whenever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's crazy, man.
0: Well, man! So, oh, yeah, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, that was
1: just telling about the the whole um, the whole trip. What um, <clears throat> well, I was gonna leave you with a positive message. So, my whole experience with the whole uh, traveling, right? So, a lot of times in life, we put too many um, too many ones, you know, and uh, we we kind of let it happen be like oh you know i want to travel other country but there is no prior there is no priority to that uh once i made traveling my priority i don't only do one i i wanted to go from earth to the moon right and uh maybe i cannot achieve the moon but i can go halfway through that's that's what i was thinking right uh so 2019 happened i achieved my goal of traveling and i was like well you know what fuck it i'm gonna go for a bigger thing i'm gonna i want to make a million bucks and i talked to i was talking to a friend on a podcast and uh he's like man how are you gonna make a million bucks in one year i was like all right that's, i don't know man i give me an idea how i'm gonna do it i have to study it uh he's like man i think the only way is in the stock market and i was like, all right stock market so i started studying the stock market now, I believe I have a, another profession. Like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a new guy, uh, but I'm doing day trading. And so far, it's working out. I lost a lot of money because of the whole <clears> – <throat> I, I was doing a jollo kind of thing, like where, like, all in or all out kind of, kind of sort of thing. And it hit me on the way down. And I'm paying the price now. But, man, my, my learning from it is crazy. So, whatever it is, whatever it is whatever it's watching whatever it is that you wanted to do, uh, things might happen to you. But you have to help yourself, you know, make it a priority, work for it, like do whatever you can to achieve that one thing. I mean, don't, before I was like, I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. I want a little bit of this, you know, kind of to like be halfway. And uh, now it's like, I want something. I'm like tunnel focus, like only one thing.
0: Yeah. You have to be in that learning mindset. That was one thing I did kind of want to chat with you about. Cause I, 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 man, I just follow you on Facebook and um, see you post like, you know, stop like multiple screens with the market uh-huh. layout. But um, have you ever um, read any of the or listened to any of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series?
1: Yes, that, that's one. What that's a book that was recommended to me. So I, I didn't, don't
0: read. I first one today.
1: <clears throat> you did. Uh, I yeah. I, I don't read, man. Like I, for me, reading like I don't know if it's how my brain works or whatever. But if I if I read, I, my the letters start flying around, I get distracted, I start thinking about something else, so I do the audiobooks now, Me and too. man, audiobooks changed my life, yeah.
0: <laughs> Mine too, man, I, I told my, Cora, because I've done 42 audiobooks this year, uh, and I told Cora that I never knew I liked books. Right, same here. So, I really, it has opened up a whole other, um, it's not something I, you know, if I was going to read a book and I do read every day, I kind of have to with what I do, but, right. um, you know, it's not anything I ever look forward to. It's just something I do is kind of like a requirement. Uh, but listening mm-hmm. to audiobooks, man, I love it. I really do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I mean, it's, it's been fun for me. That's a way to learn, uh, man. And the other thing like me is like in jujitsu, right? Like, I, I, everything that I do, I, I look at Andrew like if I want to get good on Ambers, I'm going to have to do a million hours, right? Uh, some of them are not going to work. Some of them will work. Um, but you just have to keep trying them, right? So that's, that's what I'm going for. I'm, I'm on this in this goal of making, and I just put a figure there, right? Just, just because, but for me, it's not so much about getting to the figure. It's getting all that learning experience in the way. And man, I learned so much. It's, uh, it's, it's been fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, man, um- I uh, I've learned just kind of following you on Facebook and have learned jujitsu from watching you on Facebook and having you in for a seminar. So man, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Unfortunately, I got to wrap up. Cora has to go do a zoom class and we figured this, we figured this out the wrong way. Um, So I've been using this for podcasts, but you can't do two at once. Right. Right. So like (laughs) the, the the little kids, like the three to four year olds will be hopping on the zoom here in a minute if we're not careful.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. I appreciate deal, your brother. time,
0: Omar. It's, it's always nice a talking to you, talk brother. You. All right, man. Same, man. Thank you. See you later, brother. Bye, guys.